welcome to Honestly Cat, the podcast full of life lessons that empowers, educates and enlightens women everywhere. It's my mission to show you just how gorgeous you are and give you the tools to upgrade and transform all areas of your life. So let's get started. On this week, we're talking confidence and of course, self-love. You see, confidence is your birthright and it underpins you as a person. It is your self-worth and how much value you place on yourself. When you have confidence in a skill, whether it's public speaking or an ability to drive your car, when you believe in yourself, that is the confidence that you have in a skill. If you have low confidence, it means you place little worth on yourself or your ability to carry out that skill. If you see yourself as not worthy, then you stop taking care of yourself and you neglect your needs on every level, physically, mentally and emotionally, which is why it's such an important part of my work and why I show people that it really is about making you matter and putting your needs first. So this is why confidence is so important. It is the foundation of you and your platform for growth through life. If your confidence has been bashed, battered and diminished, You need to return to the source of the pain, heal it so that you can grow and blossom as intended. Just like when a tree is struggling or withering, you give it the TLC it needs, you water it, you feed it and you nourish it while pulling out all the weeds that have accumulated beside it, the weeds that have been suffocating it. You find the root of the problem and you pull them up. But in terms of self-esteem and self-confidence, some people think they're the same thing, but they're not. And here's why. You may have no trouble standing up in front of a big audience on a stage or a boardroom full of people. You might have the confidence to really show yourself and put yourself out there and give a presentation or a speech and work your magic. But at the same time, you feel rubbish about your ability to do it. And that opinion is that lack of self-esteem, the way that you view yourself. So although you have confidence in a skill, you have a poor view of yourself. You see, self-esteem refers to how you feel about yourself overall, how much esteem and positive regard or self-love you have for you. And self-esteem develops from experiences and situations that have shaped how you view yourself today. Self-confidence is how you feel about your abilities and can vary from situation to situation depending on what skill you're expected to be carried out. You may have healthy self-esteem but low confidence about a situation involving you and your sporting ability or something like that or perhaps your artistic flair. Self-esteem and self-confidence do come hand in hand and when you love yourself, your self-esteem naturally improves which makes you more confident. You see, it all works. When you're confident in an area of your life, you begin to increase your overall sense of self-esteem. Feelings of not enough and I don't matter are linked with your self-esteem and it's important to understand the root of these feelings and these thoughts, of course, because it's that negative internal dialogue. Oh, I'm a failure. I can't do that. You can't do that. You're so stupid. All of that that we that we tell ourselves over and over and over. And you need to move past them so you can can return to your truth and really the real you. Children are naturally narcissistic, and I mean this in the nicest possible sense. 
they are naturally selfish as a normal part of their development in which they work to get their needs met. And they can't understand other people's needs and desires because their main focus is, of course, their needs and wants. With this in mind, when an adult displays a lack of love to you as a child or gives you little attention, fails to care for your needs, you turn this on yourself and make the situation about you. But the reality is that your parents' minds were elsewhere due to stress, illness, lack of, lack of self-worth, a whole host of reasons. But instead, you've translated this treatment into beliefs such as I'm not enough and I'm not lovable and I'm not worthy of love because if I was lovable, my parents would care for me. They would be meeting my needs. It does sound quite simplistic when one breaks it down. Children are simple. And this is why so many people are walking, talking adults, living life with a child's perspective. We're running on our old programming, the programming that we set up as a child. Perhaps a boyfriend has let you down, neglected you, because his mind has been elsewhere. And instead of seeing the real situation being actually about him and where his mind was and his stuff, probably feeling not enough, and his focus being on meeting his needs and spending time making himself feel enough through whether it's work or friendships, you've turned it on yourself and made it about you. And that's why much of my work is about helping women go back to their early childhood experiences so that you can understand why and how you had formed these beliefs. And when you can understand it, as Marissa Peer who's my wonderful teacher, taught me. When you can feel it, you can heal it. And when you understand something, you can change the way you look at something. Now, remember, you started life with confidence as a baby and had a healthy self-esteem, but somewhere, somehow, sometime in your life, this changed. Now, of course, it doesn't need to be a big event or a very traumatic event as a child to knock your self-esteem off kilter. I mean, quite the opposite. I didn't have any major trauma in my life, but that didn't mean that I didn't feel like I had trauma in my life as an adult. In actual fact, my experience as a child were relatively uneventful on paper, but the reality was, and if we use my adult emotions as a barometer, the uneventful childhood matched a level probably out of mm, 10, I'd say 8, on the emotions dial. Ah, cue self-esteem failure. But not anymore. I looked at my wounds. I understood them so that I could move forward and let them go. Yes, it's part of my story now and why I do what I do and live my purpose. But it doesn't define me. It's just me telling you about how I have reconciled that part of me. I don't hang on to my trauma. I don't hang on to the past. I use it to propel myself forward because I now have clarity and understanding of what went before, how I can live in the present, and how I can change my future. The consequence of low confidence and low self-esteem is life-shaping and life-changing. It determines the choices you make, as you are making them from a place of fear, fear that you will fail, a fear that you will disappoint, fear that you may let others down, fear you might shame yourself, and the list goes on and on and on and on. When you're faced with that job opportunity and there is that niggling voice saying, oh, you can't do that. Oh, you'll make a mess of it. You're too stupid. That's your subconscious dialogue, making sure it keeps you small. 
And if you play small, let's face it, you play safe and you dull your shine. And there is little chance of then failing or falling. And this is why so many people don't take risks in life. Because they're scared of the consequences. Obviously, on a conscious level, they tell themselves another story of why they can't put themselves forward for that big-time job. As the late Wayne Dyer once said, don't die with your music still inside you. So what if you heal that part of you so that you could really shine and be your best version? Fulfill your potential because, my goodness, you have so much. And I'm here to activate and reactivate that confidence in you to dispel those early belief systems so that you can go out there and change the world, show the world what your gifts are. I've done it and so can you. And this is why I do what I do and why I love doing what I do, because there is hope and you can change your life. You don't have to stay stuck. So is there something you've always wanted to do? Something deep in your soul that's been calling for you to step up and step out. Because now's the time to look at your confidence, find out what those early beliefs were, so you can change them and move forward and fulfil your dreams. Imagine how that would feel. I mean, of course, it probably feels a little bit scary at the moment, but once you begin to explore your limiting self-beliefs and their origin, you can let them go. You can't heal something you don't understand. Did you know that the feelings felt in the body when you're excited or in fear are the same? You can feel your heart pumping, maybe sweating, your blood pressure's raised and your temperature goes up. Here's a great tool when you're in a state of fear or dread of something that you have to do, such as a presentation or however you want to frame it, but something you're nervous about. When you feel the symptoms in your body... Speak to your body, close your eyes and tell your body that you're excited. I did this before I went for a job interview. I was sat at a bus stop before I went into the job interview and I simply closed my eyes and told myself, I'm not in fear, I'm excited. So initially I was like, oh, I'm so nervous, I'm so nervous, what am I going to do? I hope I said the right thing. What are they going to say? They're going to ask me some tricky questions and your mind goes off on such a big tangent. And you really talk yourself into the fear. But I said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to run the old thought pattern. And I just kept saying, I'm excited. I love this. I want this. I choose this. I can do it. And I just kept saying it over and over. And my body started to respond. It was like, oh, you're not in fear and anxiety. Oh, you're excited. Okay, okay, I can deal with that. I can do that. And I changed it. And it literally changes your physiological makeup. And instead of sending all the chemicals that make my heart contract and my this and that happen, I was actually filling my body with the chemicals of excitement and empowerment. I am choosing to feel good about doing my presentation is what I would say. I love doing these. They make me feel good, so empowered, so confident. And you see, when you're in fear, you produce the chemical cortisol and adrenaline. And when you're excited, your body produces endorphins, serotonin, dopamine, and oxytocin. A concoction of happy chemicals that make us feel good and are healthy chemicals. Too much of the fear-based chemicals can eventually have a detrimental effect on your health 
and adrenal fatigue. So let's create less of the fight or flight in you and trick your mind with the words that you use. Fear is the biggest goal breaker there is. You create stories in your head based on your past and convince yourself that you are completely incapable of achieving your goals. Well, it's not true. It's just an old story that you've been telling yourself for years. Once you can understand the fear and beliefs around this, you can heal it and get out of your own way. Fear dictates your choices and actions all through life and you don't even realise it. I mean, we literally create fear. Believe it or not, fear is an illusion. It's not real. And I can hear you asking, what on earth do you mean fear isn't real? It does sound bizarre, I know. I, I, I hear you. But we create these scenarios in our heads and then we feed off them. Fear is a reaction to a perceived threat, imagined or real. So let go of the fear and embrace the excitement and joy of life. Let's talk a little bit about self-love. At the moment, you can barely pick up a magazine or a self-help book without seeing something about it. Do you really know what it means and how to do it, or most importantly, why you do it? First things first, when you do have low or no self-esteem, you also have low or no self-love. Self-love is a state of appreciation for yourself that grows, note the word grows, from actions that support your physical, physiological and spiritual growth. If you're feeling low in confidence, one of the first thing that goes is your level of self-love. Self-love, I like to think of it as dynamic. It grows as you carry out acts of self-love to yourself. When you act in ways that grow self-love in you, you begin to accept your weaknesses as well as your strengths. You no longer need to explain yourself when you trip up or you use compassion for yourself as a human being. As you meander through life, you're more focused on your life purpose and values and expect as well as believe that you can live a full and prosperous life because you love yourself and you deserve it. But sadly, oh, currently in society, there is a notion that if you self-love and take care of yourself, it's selfish. And as a woman, you are regrettably conditioned to put other people's needs first before you attend to yours. We're programmed to be givers and caretakers of everyone else but you. Do you do this? I know I certainly used to. And I do talk a lot about this in my work, the importance of self-love and self-care. Are you one of the many that thinks self-love is just another act of self-indulgent and an unnecessary act of self-gratification? Do you feel like others might judge you even if you allocate time for yourself? Or do you feel like we're meant to suffer and life is meant to be hard? That was certainly the way that I thought. Firstly, let me get it clear on how I see self-love. I like to think of self-love as the umbrella term in which there is self-acceptance, self-compassion and self-care. One cannot exist without the other. And if you're seeking to be in self-love, you need to practice all parts. They coexist. 
And when you practice all parts, you are officially practicing self-love. But then I hear you ask, what do I mean by self-acceptance, self-compassion and self-care? Well, here you go. Let me explain. Self-compassion is about being kind to yourself, using that tender and nurturing voice to support and help and heal your inner emotional turmoil. You know, the way we talk to ourselves is not always very kind, but the way we talk to our child or a friend or a friend in need, it's with compassion and kindness and tenderness. And it's much more what we need. Turn that voice around and talk with self-compassion. It's okay if we trip up. It's okay if we make a mistake. We're human beings after all. And then there's self-acceptance. And this is accepting you as you are, without judgment. Oh, wouldn't that feel wonderful? Well, you know what? You can do it. You're not good. You're not bad. You're not right. You're not wrong. You're not fat. You're not thin. You're not pretty. You're not ugly. You're just gorgeous, just as you are. And that's just right. Just as you are. You are enough. Just as you are. Enough is enough of being hard on ourselves and not accepting us just as we come out of our mother's womb. We're just great and that's okay. People talk a lot about loving ourselves and I believe that that is quite a big expectation, especially when many women, and me being one of those way back when, come from a place of self-loathing and self-esteem collapse. Self-acceptance is a much more achievable and realistic goal. And then, of course, self-care, the very act of self-love. It's not just about taking a warm bath and getting your nails done, but believe me, I enjoy that too. No, self-care really is about putting your needs first. Saying no to engagement when your week is already rammed. It's saying yes to things that light you up. It's about being around the right kind of people that make you feel good about yourself. Not that they validate you, of course, because you'll go in feeling good about yourself, but that light your heart up, that make your soul sing. It's about cancelling or postponing arrangements if it's better for your emotional, physical and spiritual well-being. It's about speaking your truth and setting boundaries with others from a place of love and always compassion. Sadly for most, none of these come naturally and you do need to learn how to accept yourself, learn how to talk to yourself with compassion and how to take care of yourself. There is no handbook to life, unfortunately. Ah, but there will be my book coming out later this year. Only your parents were our role models. And let's be honest, they did muddle through and they did their best and Quite frankly, well, I don't know about you, but it was an average job. It's difficult. No one said parenting was easy and there is no perfect childhood. But you've got to now step up and reparent yourself with compassion so that you can become that compassionate, conscious and accepting human being. On Valentine's Day, you buy your loved ones something, you dress up, you put your lippy on. You take them out for a lovely meal, yet when it comes to doing the same for you, you feel guilty or shamed by allocating time for yourself. Well, like I said, enough is enough. It's time to put you first. Come on, let's not run the pattern that society is telling us to, to live a fast and furious life and think about everybody else before you know. Stop, slow down, 
tune into what you need. Because if you're not filling your cup up first, the bottom line is there's going to be nothing left for anybody else that's around you. It is an investment to self-love. And without it, your emotional, physical and spiritual side suffers. And so do those around you. If you aren't keeping your mind and body healthy and clear them, it impacts the relationships around. And then bitterness starts to seep in in all areas, creating disharmony and, of course, dis-ease. Did you know that the origin of the word disease came from a French term meaning lack of ease? When lack of harmony and flow occurs in your body, so does a sense of dis-ease, disease. It's selfish not to self-love in my eyes. Make self-love a priority. From today, even a little act towards that goal will grow that dynamic part of you and gradually your self-confidence and self-esteem will flourish. When you give yourself self-love, you nourish and nurture your mind, body and soul, giving yourself time to heal physically, emotionally and that magic word spiritually. When you self-love, you show yourself unconditional love and understanding while meeting your needs. Needs that weren't met by your parents or early caregivers as a child. Whatever love you didn't receive as a child and whatever needs weren't met back then, it's okay. Because your adult self has just shown up. And it's ready to make you matter, make you feel loved and meet your needs. Welcome her back. Thank her for being there for showing up finally. You've been waiting a mighty long time and finally the wait is over. Time to make you truly matter. Time to make you whole. Because you were born to shine. That's it for this week's Honestly Cat podcast. I'm Cat Raincock. Join me for more honest talk from honest women next week.